Good morning, Valley Ranch Baptist Church in person and online. Thank you so much for worshiping with us this morning. Uh, you know, my name is Arthur, one of the pastors here, and it's a true privilege to me to uh, be able to be on this stage to share a few thoughts with you. You know, every time that I'm giving this opportunity to be here and spending time with you to talk about what life with Jesus looks like, it feels really special, you know, uh, this microphone, it's Everything is special about it. But you know what else is really special? It's a father's advice. I know that we celebrated Father's Day uh, just a month ago. And, you know, I'm a father. I know that, in, at least in my house, Father's Day is just a minor holiday. But I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, we're going to skip that. But there is something special about a father's advice. You know, unfortunately, I don't have my father anymore, but I really cherish the memories of my father telling me things like, hey, I think that's the best, best path for you, you know, or some things like, hey, I'm not sure if that option is the best for you. But my dad had a very humble origin. He was a farm boy, but he was a true believer that education could change the future of his children. And together with my mom, they made everything that was possible, lots of sacrifices to be able to provide the better, the, uh, the better education as possible to his children. So in a land where public schools are not like here, it's far from here, uh, my father and my mom, they made tons of financial sacrifices to be able to get their kids attending a private school and maybe giving us a, a better chance in, in our future. You know, my father would always say, hey, listen, if you keep up with your studies, you're going to be someone. You're going to have a name. Or like we say in Brazil, you're going to be somebody. But I need to be honest with you. Sometimes thinking about the future, you know, it was really challenging, you know, just that thing of studying hard and working hard was just not fun, you know. I just wanted to be with my friends and play video games and kind of, uh, you know, be lazy sometimes. And every time that I would come to my father with questions and whys, he would say, because it's better for you. And all the time, he would remind me that the purpose of all that he was doing together with my mom, with we was to able to provide a better path for me and for my siblings. So today I want to talk to you about the fact that God always has a better path for us, for you and for me. And all that he has done was in order to provide that better path. If you're not a believer yet, if you're exploring Christianity, I would like for you to walk with me this morning because I think this might be interesting for you. If you are a believer... I also would like for you to listen to what I have to say because uh, you are going to realize that things can always get a little bit better. So for the next few minutes, I want to challenge you as a Christian and as a non-Christian uh, regarding a very important choice that is up to you to make. So you may think that what, about to say, what I am about to say, it's silly or that you knew that, but I would like to be kind enough to listen to what I have to say during this time that we're going to be together. And if you just realized that I'm the preacher for this morning, don't leave, please. <laughs> Give me a chance, okay? I'm going to try hard. Any questions? That's awesome. So let's move on. Uh, we're going to read Psalm 16 and see 
what he has for, for us. So, keep me safe, my God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. I say of the holy people who are in the land, they are the noble ones in whom is all my delight. Those who run after other gods will suffer more and more, and I would not pour our libations of blood to such gods or take up their names on my lips. Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance, and I'll praise the Lord who counsels me even at night. My heart instructs me. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure. Because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead. Nor will you let your faithful one see decay. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. With eternal pleasures at your right hand. So, on this psalm, King David is basically presenting two paths through, uh, through that and encouraging us to make a choice. Because life is inevit inevitably about choices. Life is inevitably about choices. So, that's the way life is presented, right? We are hardwired to make choices. Since we were little, we were given uh, opportunity, choices, and that's what characterizes our free will. And that's good, right? I believe we all value the fact that we can make choices. You know, I can choose what is good for me. I can choose what is good for my family. Hopefully, I'll be able to choose which college I would like to attend or which classes I would like to take this coming semester. You know, hopefully, you're going to be able to choose what type of food you want to eat for lunch today. At some point of your life, you're going to you're going to choose the person that you're going to spend your life with. And sometimes you get to choose how many children you want to raise. And apparently some people from our staff didn't have that option. <laughs> but everything is about choices. Everything is about choices. However, studies like the one published in the uh, journal eLife by researchers from the uh, University College London, they say that Humans, uh, and I guess all of us in this room here, we naturally pick the path of least resistance when it comes to making decisions. They say that it's not that we are lazy, but we are just hardwired this way, according to this study. And when it comes to faith, we might prove the statistics, choosing the path with the least resistance, or I would say the easiest path. So this psalm, Psalm 16, was written by David. And if you don't know, if you haven't heard, he was one of the greatest kings of the nation of Israel. And, but besides being a king, he was also an artist and also a very creative person. He was really into music. And he uh, also was also a poet. So having all of those skills, he wrote many pieces of literature that we call Psalms, and we place, they are placed in the book called Psalms in the Old Testament. 
So this book is a composition of many psalms that speak in form of poetry, the many great things that God has done for the nation of Israel. And they have words of praise and gratitude, lyrics of songs uh, when the writers, including David, they talk about their daily struggles, and they also they encourage the nation of Israel and also ultimately all of us. So in this particular psalm, David is using poetical words to express the benefits, or I would say the marks, of being a follower of God. With that, he provides us a choice. The first one is the better path. The better path. So David starts the psalm actually doing a prayer and asking God to keep him safe. And actually, he demonstrates that he trusts in God, with the confidence that God alone is able to provide shelter. Keep me safe, my God, for in you I take refuge. It's like when you start in your day, you ask God for protection to be with you. Hey, I have this meeting today that I'm not sure what's going to happen, but I ask your protection. I ask you to be with me, Lord. Now think about a, the picture of a baby that whenever they leave the comfort of their parents' arms, they cry and they stretch out their arms trying to reach their parents' back. Or it's when, like, your kids ask for a sleepover at grandma's house, but when it times for bed, they cry, I want my mom. It's because there is nothing safer for those babies and small children than their parents' protection. It's their safe harbor. That's exactly what David, who wrote this psalm, is trying to say here, the better path leads you to a God that can offer you shelter like no one. But we're, we're going to need to move on. Here's something I would like to highlight. We see in verse 3 that David's using complicated words. At least for me, you know, English is not one of my best skills. So they are complicated to me. But he's basically saying that a better path provides you the support of a community. It says, I say of the holy people who are in the land. They are the noble ones in whom is all my delight. So the term holy people in the land basically refers to those that already uh, made the decision of being on the better path, or we can say their followers. This community of people provide the support that we need in life. Friends, we're not made to be alone, right? We are made to support each other to celebrate with each other, to be there for one another. That's what a community is about. And I personally don't know what I would do without my church, without my community. You don't have to walk alone. So whatever you are, wherever you go, you can find a community of people to support you. And we know that the church is the big community. We know as a big community. But also inside of the church, we have the smaller communities called groups. You know, the groups are microsystems where people share their struggles. They share their victories. They pray for each other. They listen to one another. This is community. They are the noble ones in whom is all my delight. So let's take a look now at the next verses uh, where David expresses all their benefits of being on this better path. Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delight, delightful inheritance. So here is David is acknowledging God's faithfulness and 
what God has done for him. And that in him, just in God, we can find security. So if you haven't heard about that, here's a little piece of history for you. So there was this man called Jacob. And altogether, he had 12 sons. And he kind of played favorites. He really loved one of them called Joseph. And all the brothers, the other brothers, they kind of got jealous about that. And they planned to sell Joseph as a slave to Egypt, which is awful, horrible. And we see later in history that they faced the consequences of doing that. But Joseph was so special, so smart, and he was so faithful and hard worker that he's, he made his way up and became the governor of Egypt. He was like the right hand of Pharaoh, and he was like second in command. So many things happened, you know, a lot of family drama, reconciliation, and uh, just and which ended up happening is that Jacob and all his family moved from Canaan to Egypt. And to summarize here, this family grew so big to the thousands that the Egyptians started to fear them. They thought, these guys are going to take over the country. So they turned them into slaves. So 400 years later, God, through a series of miraculous events, he freed these people and gave them a land. All right? So, um, Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. So, Arthur, where are you going with this? So, here's what is interesting as we unfold this story. So, on this new land, God gave to each family a lot, a piece of land. He gave them food. He provided inheritance. Later in history, this nation lost everything they had and were brought into exile where they were foreigners, strangers in the land. So then they had to reflect, where is our joy? Isn't that piece of land? Or is it on the one that provided that for us? What about yourself? Where is your joy? Is it in that brand new car that you have, or your job, or material stuff? Or is it on the one that can provide all of that? Friends, I can tell you, money comes and goes. But in the Lord, our lot is secure. He is our inheritance. Where do we find security? Is our security dependent on things or circumstances? Or like David, is our assurance in God who is our portion in our cup? That's a good reflection there, right? When you are a Christ follower... Life circumstances will not eventually rob you of your faith. When you're a Christ follower, life circumstances will not eventually rob you of your faith. Because your confidence is placed in God's presence. And where God is, there is joy. I mean, what would you do if you knew that whatever you are, whatever you do, whatever decision you have to make, whatever problem you have to deal with, God, the creator of everything, the almighty one, the one that can protect the soul no matter what happens to this body, the one that knows your name, he knows who you are, that he is with you. What would you do? That's the place where God intended for you and for me to be. Well, I think you remember the famous uh, Indiana Jones movies, and I love those movies by George Lucas. 
But there is one in particular that I really like, the third one on the series called Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. So basically, uh, Indiana and his father, uh, played by Sir Sean Connery, and are in this quest to retrieve the Holy Grail. And I won't get into details with you, but by the end of the movie, Indiana has to face three very final and dangerous tasks in order to get the Holy Grail, right? And I still remember the thrill from the first time that I watched it, especially when it comes to the last test, which is to cross the bottomless pit. So let's watch it. It's a leap of faith. You must believe, boy. You must believe. That's really cool, right? I can't remember how many times I played doing myself. Of course, in a very much safer environment, but I did that many times. So I'm not saying that your everyday life is going to be a test like that one, or that you have to blindly jump off the cliff. But I'm asking, where is your confidence? Again, what would you do, no matter what's happening in your life, if you knew that God is with you, the one that can protect us all. Well, if it was not enough, David continues in verse 7. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. David, as a king, he needed counsel that he could trust. Right? And we, at the same time, we need that type of counsel, too. We, more than ever, we live in a world where we can make decisions that we might regret later in life. So God can provide counsel, good counsel that we can trust. And as he gives instructions, he shapes us in the way of life that he's dreamed to all of us. We just need to ask. You know, James, the brother of Jesus, he said that if any of you lacks wisdom... He should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. And then verse 8, I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Some translations would say, I have set the Lord always before me. So he always going in front of me. Have you ever faced a situation where you turned to whoever was by your side and he said, hey, if you're going to be with me, it's going to be okay. Maybe it's a surgery that you are about to have. Maybe it's a financial decision or like myself, maybe you are thinking about moving to a different country and leaving everything behind, but then you turn to your spouse, to uh, your mom or whoever you trust and you say, hey, if you're going to be with me, it's going to be Okay, I'm not saying that uh, being a follower, your life is always going to be flowers, far from that. But with God, we have the assurance that we won't be alone, will not be shaken because of the unshakable foundation that is created by a pattern of life of those who choose to be on the better path. Now, the last section of this psalm, and 
That's probably my favorite one. David describes beautifully what is for me the most incredible promise that are reserved for those that make the choice of taking the better path that we're exploring here this morning. He says, therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead. Nor will you let your faithful ones see decay. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. So David is telling, him, telling us basically that those who take the better path will be taken care of either in life, but also in death. You know, look, the significance of this part of the text that David wrote lines in the confidence that his relationship with God will not be ending with death. It's a beautiful promise that we might die someday, and I know, I understand that a lot of us fear death, but that's not the end. That's not the end. There is something ahead of us that is really, really beautiful, that is really, really important. We know that David, the author of this psalm, he died, but we have the confidence that in his death, he too enjoyed, in fact, is enjoying the presence of God. So let's just pause here and take a good look at this. We move to a few centuries later, and then God sends his one and only son, Jesus Christ, and he starts to walk around and talks about his kingdom and inviting people to, hey, follow me, follow me. And he also said that he would die, but he would resurrect after three days. But people didn't pay much attention to those statements because Jesus was healing, he was doing miracles, and they kind of got distracted by that. After a while, Jesus really died. But more than that, he would just not promise that he would be resurrected. But he pulled that off. He pulled that off. And then people not only heard about that, but they saw his resurrected body. This event brought so great change to the course of human history that a movement started from that. And people started to write about this. And other people started to travel the world to share those good news. We see the apostle Peter that lived with Jesus and saw his resurrected body. And later on was one of the main leaders of this movement that was created quoting what David said many centuries before him on this Psalm 16. He was preaching to this crowd in Jerusalem, and then he closes with this statement, fellow Israelites, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried, and his tomb is here to this day, but he knew that God had promised him. Seeing what was to come, he spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, that he was not abandoned to the realm of the dead, not did his body see decay. So not only Jesus was brought back to life, but he also promised that we could also share this with him as we accept his invitation to follow him. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. So David begins with a petition. Please keep me safe. Moves to unshakable confidence that we see in verse 8. Yet he knew that he would die. But he also knew that he would be reserved from death for eternal 
glories at God's right hand. He knew that it would be a Messiah who would not die, not lie in the grave. And somehow, somehow, this Messiah would bring death to an end. He would establish a new kingdom, but an everlasting kingdom. And he would be the final and everlasting king of this kingdom. David, he didn't understand all of that, but he could relate to it, to this promise. And all of us today, knowing Christ, what he did, we can now relate to it and be part of this beautiful promise. Romans 8, uh, in Romans 8, Paul says that, And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from that is living in you, he who raised Christ from that will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. And I think that is so sad to live a life and not knowing without tomorrow has for us, without hope. But this is totally different, friends. The better path leads us to a better life, not only here in the surf, but also in the afterlife. Now, this is all cool. Love that stuff. But David also mentions the opposite way of this direction of instead of being on the better path or being a follower, we take the opposite path. Apart from you, I have no good thing. Those who run after other gods will suffer more and more. And the opposite path is like that kind of attitude. It's like, hey, you know, that's, I don't have time for that kind of stuff. You know, I'm sorry. Or, you know, this whole follower thing is it's just not for me. Or just, I don't care. Sorry. So I'm not saying that you're obligated to change your ways and become a follower. Far from that. We live in a free country, right? And let me tell you, we can still be friends. Yeah, you can come to visit me. I'll come and visit you. But I'm asking you to consider today. Think about all of this. And every time that we see each other, if you allow me, I'll share all the things that God has done in my life and the way that he changed me and he's still changing. Jesus is just asking you to follow him and an incredible thing will change your life. Because the opposite way is not what God intended for us. He made something way much better than that. Now, nevertheless, following requires commitment. You know, you must not only believe and have Jesus as the Lord of your life, but you must follow. You must become a follower, which means that in your daily life, you're going to love like Jesus loved. You're going to serve like Jesus served. You're going to strive to live a life like Jesus because that's what followers do. This is where Jesus is inviting you to come when he says, follow me. Follow me and I'm going to do something incredible. Sometimes that's not going to be easy. Sometimes it's going to be challenging. You know, being a follower sometimes is not popular. It will be challenging, but we know that God will be by your side. And one of the many great things about this God that I serve is that he always provides a new day and a new opportunity for us to make the right choice, the better choice. So, if you probably know, we're going to conclude here, but if, if you probably know me, 
you know that I love movies. I watch everything that I can, everything that is possible. But I have my favorites, for sure. For example, I like the Back to the Future franchise. And that might be something old for you guys, sorry. But I love this, you know? And I always th thought about being Michael J. Fox in the, those movies. I thought it was so cool. I also love Star Wars. Oh my gosh, how much I love those movies. They are great, right? I know you have your favorite parts, like the prequels, the sequels, and everything, but another one that I love is actually, no, Jake, come on. The one that I love is the Matrix franchise. Thank you. I appreciate that. I don't like very much the last movie on the series, but I really like the theme and the characters. I think it's so cool, you know? So those who watched the series will remember that one of the main characters was Morpheus. Morpheus basically offers to Neo the central character of these movies, a choice. I think you remember this iconic scene. Neo has to choose between the red and the blue pill. And if he takes the blue pill, he'll forget his encounter with Morpheus. He would go back to the illusion that was his life, that Morpheus says is a prison that his mind is in. He would be hopeless. He would continue to feel that emptiness in his chest. But no changes. Now, if Neo takes the red pill, that would change everything. His life would be turned upside down. You know, he would, he would face challenges. But everything would be real. And that emptiness that he was feeling would be gone. There would be hope. But to make that choice, he would have to place his confidence in this guy that he barely knew, Morpheus. Now, this is all fantasy, and that's cool, but we live in a real world, right? With real struggles. But another thing that is real is the choice that David is placing in front of you. is the choice that Jesus is placing here right now, today. What is it going to be? If you're not a follower yet, you can keep living your life knowing that there is a piece of this life's puzzle that is missing. But if you think that you can follow through with that, that's fine. That's up to you. That's the easiest choice and the one that we are more naturally inclined to do. Or you can choose to accept Jesus' invitation. Follow me. Don't be afraid. Because you know that God will be with you. The one that can protect the soul will be with you all the time in any circumstances. Now, if you are a follower, you might not be taking your life as a follower very seriously. And you might be trusting that you have control over everything, you might be thinking, hey, you know what, you know, I'm kind of busy, or, you know, I can pretty much handle that myself. Why do I, do I have to ask God, you know? You can trust yourself so much that you don't think you need to talk to God about your decisions. You can keep swallowing the spill on your breakfast and living your life, and that's fine. But there is also something missing there. Or... You can choose to take your commitment more seriously. Step up and be the follower that you are meant to be. And Jesus will do something incredible in you and through you. 
I love the way that John Piper summarizes this psalm when he says, God will bring you, your body and your soul, through life and death, into full and everlasting pleasure if God is your safest refuge and your sovereign Lord and your supreme treasure and your trusted counselor. God will bring your body and your soul through life and death into full and everlasting pleasure if God is your safest refuge, your sovereign Lord, and your supreme treasure and your trusted counselor. Friends, the fact is that we all need Jesus. We all need Jesus. And he is here to all of us, broken as we are. But his invitation is that he wants us to come as we are. Just follow. Just put your confidence in him. And he will do the rest. He will transform and take all the fear that is stopping us away. What's going to be your choice? This is your opportunity. Take the better path. Make the right choice. Well, apparently, Larry's not here. Uh, John is not here. Amy is not here. And Micah really doesn't count. So, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, just one year. But I would like to finish in a different way, okay? I would like to sing a song, and you can sing along if you know the song. But I like this song because it really speaks about this longing that we have as once we recognize the importance that Jesus has in our lives. You can respond to this uh, challenge today. You can make your decision of becoming a follower. Or if you are a follower, you want to take this uh, commitment more seriously. You can do that from your place, or you can come here to the altar and pray while we sing. So let's do it.